tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Um, so we're going to shift gears here. Um, so a little bit more serious topic. Uh, I just found this article just right before coming on uh, the show here tonight. And it's having to do with, with people being uh, discharged from the hospital. And uh, the title of this is from Reuters. This was posted today. Uh, January 6, 2016. The title is Patients Leaving Hospitals Often Don't Understand Care Plans. And I'm going to read probably the first three paragraphs here and we'll talk about it. Uh, Many patients leaving the hospital don't understand follow-up care plans because the instructions are tailored to people with higher reading levels and more education. A recent U.S. study suggests the American Medical Association already recommends that uh, written health information be targeted to a sixth grade audience because nearly half of the U.S. population is only marginally or functionally literate with an elementary or middle uh, school reading level, uh, as researchers note in the American Journal of Surgery. Uh, because of the current study of discharge instructions given to about uh, 500 trauma patients leaving the hospital found only one-fourth, 25%, had the reading skills necessary to adequately understand their dismissal notes. Um, you know, Jerry, we, we were talking about this before the show, you know, hospital discharge instructions here, it, it's a hugely complicated topic um, you know, having to do with a lot of different things, including um, health literacy. Um, what are kind of your initial thoughts about, you know, just, just you know, patients receiving these hospital discharge instructions because in in my experience you know when when you tell patients they're discharged boom they're out of there you know they're uh very little attention span there's been there's been there's been uh talks and and movements as far as trying to discharge starts from day one you know and uh to try to you talk about medications and side effects and all that stuff but um hospital discharges it's a very funny thing jerry well it's also controversial but you you get into this you get into this discussion of, you know, is hospital discharge from day one the way that, that we should be going? I mean, honestly, and, and everybody, lots of good points in the, in the chat, you know, the, the problem, unfortunately, uh, and, and the, um, a couple of, a couple of commentary of, you know, if you don't, if you, if you under, you know, if there's something you don't understand, just ask them to explain. And, and there's a, so there, there are three or four big issues that I see, right off the bat. First is, you know, while the hospital is the worst place to be if you're sick, because it's full of sick people, um, you know, is there a time that you need to be there for sure? You know, and the reason that going to the hospital used to be such a big thing was because we could put everybody in one place and the doctor could make their rounds in one place, excuse me, and didn't have to ride their horse from house to house in order to get everybody in line. There are some services you can only get in a hospital. There are some times when being an inpatient is better than being an outpatient. Don't get me wrong. But the discharge planning is growing out of this idea that we no longer have people in the hospital for a week at a time or three weeks at a time. And that's okay. In fact, that's actually a very good thing. Um, Because you spend three weeks in a hospital, bad things are going to happen to you, things that would not happen if you were at home. So so there is um, lots of lots of uh, lots of chatter in the in the chat room here. So you're you're right about the ADD kicking in. But the, the, the issue 
you know, so, so that's issue number one. It's a different mindset. It's a cultural shift. And it's something that we all have to get used to physicians, patients, ancillaries, like social work, uh, or like nursing, because that's the issue number two, it's usually not the doctor doing the discharge plan or discharge discussion, we may be doing the discharge planning to some degree. But we're usually not the ones that are talking to the patient about these things. That leads to a couple of things that can be very dangerous. First, they don't get to ask me if they have a question about something. And if they're asking another allied health professional, they may or may not know the answer, or they may be able to give them an answer, but it may not be the right answer based on what I was saying. So, I mean, there can be miscommunication because it's a bad game of telephone at that point. So that's number one. Number two, you have this, this problem that you got four different people giving them discharge instructions and they may not all being, they, they may not all be saying the same thing. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. They may all be right. It's the blind men and the elephant at that point. Uh, and so you've got all of these different you know, perspectives that are being thrown at you. You may not know who's coming in and, and, you know, this is another one of those things where when you're in the hospital and you're sick, it's hard to pay attention anyway. Uh, but then you put everybody in a white coat and they all sound like they're the doctor. Uh, and so you do have to be really careful with that because it's not easy to know how to navigate that system if you're not in it all the time. We're in it all the time. As the physician, oh, yeah. there, oh, yeah. we do this all day long and we've done it for some of us for decades. We don't think about it. But if you put yourself on the other side of that coat, you know, you see that there is a lot of sort of shortcut taking that we go through. Uh, and, and I mean that all of us uh, in order to, to get people information. And that's dangerous because when you take those shortcuts, things get missed. It's the same communication problem we have across the board. Um, you know, we have all of these, we, we have communication problems, even in the clinic. But when you put somebody in a hospital setting where they're even farther outside their comfort zone and they've been there for three days and they don't know what day it is because they've been awake in the middle of the night yeah, to get their temperature sick. taken at 3 a.m. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you, you now have all of these, you know, all of the things that we counsel patients on when they're outpatients about, hey, yeah, you need to get your plenty of rest and you need to make sure that you're drinking plenty of fluids and you need to make sure that, you know, you're sleeping through the night and that you're not, uh, you know, that things aren't waking you up if you don't need to be awakened. Uh, well, welcome to the hospital where that happens all the time. And I know we've worked hard to, to change that, but it still happens. And so now they're at a deficit anyway. They're not at their cognitive best and you're throwing things at them that are incredibly confusing. So now you have this, this person who doesn't even know what questions to ask. Um, you know, they don't even know that there needs to be a question asked half the time. Right. Uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's such a hard thing. And, you know, you mentioned them talking about being at a sixth grade reading level. Since I was a resident, one of the things that we worked on with health literacy is, is getting things to a fifth grade reading level. Because honestly, um, the people that have trouble with reading, that have true trouble, not just that they, you know, that they're, they may not be as versed in medicine. That's, that's, you know, 70% of the population. But the people that have true issues with actual reading, most of them haven't made it past a third grade level. And right. they can they can get there kind of with a fifth grade level, but they really honestly that you know you you've got to make it as simple as you possibly can without making it so simple that it's wrong, and that happens too. And that's the other part. We try to to bring it down to a certain level, and we take it too far. So so we have this sort of back and forth that we have to go through. Uh, uh, you know what what is the appropriate level? What is the what is the patient? And it goes back to like we talked about with exercise. You have to tailor it to the patient. Well, when you have five minutes to do a discharge because you're doing twelve discharges that day and it's a Friday and everybody's going home and nobody's going to be there over the weekend, and, and you know the system is designed to make it bad. 
bottom line. And, and so we need these systemic changes. And that's why a lot of this stuff got put off on discharge planners. That's why there's an actual job called discharge planner. There's a uh, team of people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah well, hopefully there's, there's a, team a team of people. Hopefully there's a team because honestly, one person trying to do all of that would be a nightmare uh, because, you know, go to a hospital on a Friday. If you've never been, uh, I, I I'm really being facetious here. Don't because you don't want to be there, but go to a hospital if, on a Friday, if you've never been and see how many people are being discharged at any given time, especially Friday morning after 10 AM. Hmm. Uh, because, you know, especially in a teaching hospital, every service is getting ready to switch over. So they are trying to to literally, and this word is the word that we use. And I hate this word, but we use it in medicine. They're literally trying to dump as many people as they can. They are trying to get rid of as many people as they can because they don't want the new service coming on to get, you know, stuck with stuck with these patients. And and and, and this is the this is the culture that we're living in. And it's been that way for, for a long time. Don't get me wrong, but it's it is it is a problem. You know, we're not looking at these people as sick people at that point. We're looking at them as work. And that's not really this is not a normal job. Being a doctor right. is not is not a a, a it, as my dad loves to say, it's not selling widgets. Um, it is not a normal job. It is not a job where you have uh, product or consumers or, uh, you know, uh, 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 customers. No, these are patients. These are people. They have real problems that are that are affecting every aspect of their lives. And you've now taken them out of their comfort zone and put them into a place where they have no power whatsoever. And then you expect them to listen to you when you're telling them the 12 different things that they need to do so that they can get better and stay better. And then, and then they've got these three follow-ups, one with cardiology, one with endocrinology, and one with um, hepatology, pick your ology. They have no clue what those words mean. Any of the words I just said, they may have understood the, um, and, and you're right. Multidisciplinary teams are the way to relieve that pressure. You are exactly right. The problem with that is that the more people you add to the mix, the less communication is clear. And, and I wish it were the other way around. Um, but you are right. Discharge planning does start at admission. That is one thing that we have to start working on. Uh, and and I'm, I'm referencing chat stuff here. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but the, the, the issue with, with, physician, the physician side of discharge planning, and that's, that's where I can speak the, the most readily. We don't take the time. We don't make the effort. It doesn't get done. We can't just assume. Yeah, you're right. Navigators are good. Uh, the problem is, is that in, in broad sweeping terms, that should be my job. That is what I am trained to do. Um, but I don't have the time. Exactly. Exactly. You just, we just said it at the exact same time. I don't have the time. And, and, and while that may be true, sometimes, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's that we don't want to take the time or we aren't versed in taking the time or we don't feel comfortable educating. That happens a lot. There are a whole lot of doctors that don't feel comfortable educating patients about the topics that we're talking about because we don't know how to either A, meet them where they are or B, how to really make it so that they understand or, or make it so that they can understand it. It's difficult. It's not an easy process, but that really is something that we need to hone just like we went through hours and hours and hours of, of education to learn how, you know, how many muscles make your finger do this. Um, you know, we know those things or we should at least, uh, we need to have hours and hours and hours of time spent figuring out how to get people to understand what we're saying. We need to be able to teach. We need to be able to educate. We need to be able to communicate. That is the key to what we do. Uh, and, and so this is, you know, this is, the problem that we run into in, in medicine in general, physicians, not only do we not have the time to teach, some of us don't have the comfort level with teaching that we need. And it needs to be a part of everything that we do. 
and, and again, that article that we referenced earlier that I just wrote for the, for the AAFB, for the, for the Fresh Perspectives blog, that's what it's about. I just uh, spent some time talking to some fourth and fifth graders about being a family doctor. That's all it was. It wasn't anything fancy. I was supposed to go in and talk about how much money I make and um, you know what kind of things I do at my job and 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 all of those kinds of things. And I will get to your question, Dennis. I did see it. So, um, but but you know, it, you're, and you're right, Sean. One person in charge, one person responsible. No, one person in charge. Yes. Uh, so there, it's it's semantic difference, but it's a big difference. There needs to be one person that's guiding that whole process. And that needs to be the one person who, you know, because ultimately if they have a question and you can't answer it, somebody needs to be able to answer it. So I'm not disagreeing with you. You're right. Um, but, but, but as far as the fourth and fifth graders, and then I'll, you know, this is, yeah, I'm coming back to the story so I can come back to the story. I'm, fo- I'm following you. I'm with you. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, as far as, as far as the fourth and fifth graders, I was supposed to talk about how much money we made, how long we went to school, what kind of things we did at our job. And I did that in the first 30 seconds. And then the question started rolling in. And it was things like, my cousin was in the hospital. And is his leg going to fall off? How do you answer that question? But, but because it, the, the non sequitur that your face is, is, is betraying here is the non sequitur that I had. But, but the truth is, there's an answer to that question. I don't have all the details. I can't answer the question without the details. And that's what I told him. I said, without knowing the full story, uh, I can't tell you for sure. Uh, the the person to ask that would be you know your cousin's doctor or whatever. And so exactly, I can neither confirm nor deny the possibility of a limb falling off. Uh, and and of course they're fourth and fifth graders, so you can't say it that way. But but you know basically you still have to have an answer, and it needs to be an accurate answer as far as you know it. Don't be specific, but no more specific than you're able to. Uh, uh, you know it, there's there's lots of of kind of things that you learn talking to kids. And if we had better time and better training, uh, talking to, you know, if we, if, if they forced us to all, not just pediatricians, talk to fourth and fifth graders, we would be better at explaining these things because they're going to ask good questions. Kids ask amazing questions and they, 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 they get to the root of subjects or they, they show you where, what you're talking about makes no sense sometimes. Uh, so it was, it was a really eye opening experience in one sense. I mean, I talk to kids all the time, so it's not something new for me, but, but it is a, and, and I'm not saying that we should talk to adults like their kids. Um, but to be honest, there are reasons why websites like, uh, or, or, or it's a Reddit, a subreddit, you know, um, uh, teach me like I'm five, tell me like I'm five, treat me like I'm five. Uh, it depends on who you ask what the abbreviation really means, but you know, basically tell it to me like I'm an idiot, uh, assume that I'm an idiot and then we'll work from there. And I'm not saying that in a, in a derogatory sense, I'm saying that in terms of there are lots of things that I don't know about. Um, and if you start from the assumption that I know things that I don't, it's going to be harder for me as a human being to admit that I don't know it. I've gotten really good at it because I realize how much I really don't know. That's one thing medical school taught me was how dumb I really am. Um, and, and, and you're right, Sean. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is that, that, that process of talking to patients and talking to people in general, you have to learn how to talk to people. You have to learn how to communicate and then you have to learn how to do it in a way that is, is effective, but not so intimidating. You know, we have this history of the, you know, the paternal model of medicine where you, you do it because I said so, well, yeah, sometimes, um, you know, it's not because I said so it's because of all of these things that I know that I'm not necessarily sharing with you. And that's why I said so. 
well, how about we take the middleman out and just say, okay, well, honestly, if you have these pieces of information that I have inside my head that we may not be sharing, exactly, shared decision-making. Um, and that's the model that we should be using now. Uh, but, and it's amazing. I keep going back to things that I've written about, but I've talked a lot about this topic. And as you can tell, it's another thing I'm passionate about. But that shared decision-making, I've had about three months ago, I wrote an article uh, or I wrote a post for the blog uh, that was about, three patients in one week who I heard in the waiting room or who said to me, man, I missed the days when the doctor just told me what to do and I did it and it was done. Um, so even the patients, because of the culture that we live in are, you know, the shared decision-making is not, it's hard. It requires people to think and nobody likes to think anymore. Everybody wants to push the button, get it done. Um, and, and so, so we have to fight that, that uphill battle as well. So, no easy answers. Um, I'm going to answer this question and then Mike, I'm going to stop talking because I'm rambling. Uh, how quickly do you attempt to get your patients back under your care? Uh, or how, yeah, how quickly do I attempt? Uh, I don't let them leave it if I can avoid it. Uh, right now I'm not doing hospital admissions, so it's a lot harder, but my population that I'm taking care of is, is mostly younger adults. So not all of them are going to the hospital. Um, so if they are going to a specialist, I communicate with those specialists day of the visit, if not, you know, the next day, uh, to make sure that all that information gets transferred. If they're going to the hospital, I talk to the hospitalists. Um, I talk to the patients if I can and, and get a hold of them or at least their caretakers or whoever's helping with them. Uh, and I try to get both people in the room at the same time because two sets of ears are way better than one. Uh, because if you're sick and things are going wrong, um, you're not going to remember half of what I say uh, anyway. Uh, so, you know, even if you do understand it. Uh, I mean, to, to, to answer your question, Dennis, I mean, you know, I, I still see patients in the hospital and I try to get them back as, as soon as I can, you know, even if it's the next day or the same week or the next week, um, because there might be stuff to follow up on. There might be some you know, blood tests or, you know, just just, you know, reevaluating them a few days after their hospitalization, because uh, obviously you don't want them to be readmitted for a number of reasons. Um uh, and, and, you know, and Jerry, you know, I, I hate to, to blame the system, but I'm blaming the system. You know, there's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of that is preventing us, uh, from, from a lot of those, um, uh, communication challenges. And, and unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of docs out there, you know, not that it's a bad thing, you know, that, you know, who don't go to the hospital anymore or who only stay uh, in the office. Um, and that, that continues that, that, that bad game of telephone, you know, because, because I know, you know, when I discharge somebody, I know exactly what, what medications um, that uh, they're being discharged with, because I take a list with me, you know, and I don't have to call the hospitalist, right? I don't have to call the hospital and say, oh, what did they get discharged on? Um, so you have that kind of continuity of care. But unfortunately, that that's, that's, uh, you know, more, you know, an exception, uh, as opposed to the rule because of, of this broken healthcare system that we're in now. And, and, um, you know, and yeah, you know, sometimes I have to discharge, you know, four and five and six patients, uh, you know, in two hours or an hour and a half because I have to get back to my office. So, so there is a, a, uh, kind of a penalty for that continuity because I have to get all this hospital work done. And, um, you know, for people who don't know, I mean, Oh, well, you know, people who have been admitted to the hospital, there's a lot of paperwork to get in and there's a lot of paperwork to get out, um, not only from a patient standpoint, but from a provider standpoint. You know, there's a lot of clicks that I have to do. You know, there's a lot of things that I have to do, write prescriptions, all this, all that. And I'm not saying that as an excuse, but that is our system right now. And that is contributing 
to the uh, uh, discharge challenges uh, that are happening, not just prescriptions, you know, um, you know, you know, do they need stuff, you know, um, you know, do they need a walker? Do they need, you know, um, other type of services at home? Do they need physical therapy at home? Um, unfortunately, do they need hospice at home services? That, that takes a lot of coordination and paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, do they need to go to a nursing home? What insurance do they have? Do they need to be pre-authorized uh, to get that so they're allowed to go to a nursing home? Is it okay with the insurance company that they go to a nursing home? Um, if they don't, do they, do they have to stay in the hospital? Uh, all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we could talk about hospital discharges for 10 shows and still not get anywhere. Um, but uh, this was really kind of a I guess a, a good springboard to start talking about this stuff because there's a lot of stuff that's talked about there on social media and healthcare, and this is not one of them. And, and I think this is something that that needs to be talked about. And you know, it, it's it's easy to put a label on. Oh, we need a multidisciplinary team. Oh, yeah, of course we do. You know, um, but it's just how to coordinate that. I mean, obviously, you know, a small community hospital like mine, it would have a different team than a huge teaching hospital university setting. You know, on how that all is going to work. Um, but uh, wow, I mean, it's it's a great great topic here. I mean, I, we we came in with nothing, uh, Jerry. <laughs> it's and... <laughs> our best. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 